The CNBC app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. A uh, very warm welcome, everybody. This is Squawkbox. Let's get into your headlines. December's sell-off resumes, dashing hopes of the so-called Santa Claus rally, with tech stocks leading losses on Wall Street, while billionaire investor David Tepper tells CNBC, yep, he's bearish on stocks. I'm leaning short on the equity markets. I think the upside-downside just doesn't make sense to me when I have so many people telling me, so many central banks telling me what they're going to do. Tesla shares sink almost 9% on demand worries and increasing analyst concerns over Elon Musk's running of Twitter, but the stock recouped some of those losses in the extended trading session after Musk vows not to sell any more shares until 2025. Uh, Christmas travellers face delays on both sides of the Atlantic as Border Force staff in the United Kingdom, yes, go on strike. Whilst thousands of flights are grounded stateside um, amid a winter storm that's set to escalate a bomb cyclone. And the former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried is released, well wait for it, a $250 million bail. Wow. Uh, while he awaits trial on a slew of federal charges. Is it true? What's that? We're the last two blokes left in the city of London before Christmas. Know. It might be. Should we turn out the lights before we leave? Well, I think the viewers thought we'd turned out the lights. In fact, we're only doing an hour yeah. show today. We are only doing an hour show. So 8.30 C to 9.30 C. Well, I don't right. care if we have. Right. We just amuse ourselves like but, normal, shall we? As, as usual. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so what is our motivation for being here this morning? Well, you didn't want to take the day off without me being, and I didn't want to leave right. you. So basically, the reason exactly. why one of us could have worked from home, exactly. we, we were offered the opportunity by the production team, Yes. but we both decided one for all and all for one and all that kind professional of thing. professional pride you didn't to the see butch cassidy walk out of that <laughs> no. door at the end without sundance did no. you the two ronnies were rarely on stage separately and malcolm and wise just looked better together didn't they yes, and for absolutely. our american audience that's abbott and costello yeah. title cagney and lacy was never the same when they went off and did their own series yeah. what are you cagney or lacy <laughs> i'm not sure i was the one who's the merry tyler struggling yeah. high heels <laughs> Do you? I, I, I do very well in high heels. Um, right, and talking high heels, let's let me get over to the wall and I'll do this one more time this year because y your joy is the fact that we're not in next week. I think, bless him, Arabide is covering for us, isn't he? So uh, thank you very much indeed in advance, Arabide. So look, what was wrong with the market yesterday that we came down aggressively? And bearing in mind, we've had a whole slew of guests on both sides of the Atlantic saying, look, this bear market isn't over, that what we saw in the previous session was a rally. And, and the only thing I can really work out that you didn't like it's something rather interesting. And it's the same old story that we've seen many times. And that is good news is bad news. I.e. the number of Americans who are signaling they need jobs or are unemployed on the jobless claims figures. Well, it went up by 2000 from the previous week, but actually on a four week rolling basis, the average fell to 222,000. Uh, from 228k and from uh, 227 for four weeks earlier as well. So uh, continuing claims, I mean, they're picking up a bit, but net-net, uh, they moved down 6,000 last week to 1.67. That's the first decline since September. 
So yes, the, 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 the labour market is, uh, is, is easing off a bit in terms of how voracious the desire is for jobs and how many jobs are available, but it's going at a glacial pace and that's not good enough for the market. The market wants to see, dare I say it, more joblessness quicker so they can get the Fed Fed's notice that actually we don't need to be higher for longer and maybe there can be a pivot in the second half of 2023. So as you'd expect, the Nasdaq bore the brunt of this, down 2.2%, the S&P down 1.5%, the Dow down a percent. We're getting to the kind of stage where you want to remember the year-to-date moves and the Dow's down 9 uh, the S&P down 19.8%, uh, and I'm afraid to say if you're long the Nasdaq, it's a drubbing. You know that anyway, down 33%. Should we have a look at one or two of those tech names, actually, seeing as we're in the uh, NASDAQ territory? NVIDIA, look at that, 7% lower. Um, Meta, Facebook owner, down 2.2%. Microsoft losing over a couple of percent as well. And, and herein lies the point, which we've made many times this week, is that these companies have lost over $5 trillion worth of market cap. In fact, maybe a little bit more than that as well, out of the total loss of around about $12 trillion of market cap from the S&P. Hence, the concentration and the power and the market cap in these names means that if you lose money in these, there's a good chance you'll lose money full stop in your broader indexed holdings or your passive holdings as well. Should we have a look at oil and Brent, actually? Because WTI and Brent um, continue to be relatively strong. 81.66 on Brent, WTI 78.35. And again, um, there's a lot of people out there, almost to a man and to a woman, that from Jeff Curry to the IEA to OPEC to a lot of the other analysts, uh, Christian Marlick at JP Morgan, a lot of people are saying we are going north of 100 bucks and then some in 2023. But at the moment, if you've got some form of recessionary concern going on about what is going to happen to the biggest economies in the world, and including the likes of China, in fact, why don't we just have a look at the Asian indices while I'm saying this as well, then that could trump the expected demand increase and supply shortfalls for 2023. Um, 1% down for the Nikkei, ASX 200 down six temps, uh, the Chinese markets, uh, mainland and Hong Kong down exactly the same amount, 0 0.28, 0 0.29. European futures look like this, uh, flat on the Kekarant, up on the FTSE, up on the DAX and the FTSE MIB as well. And it's the same old um, adage, isn't it really? Good news is bad news, bad news is good news. And I just think that market wants to see. I know it's an awful thing to say because yeah. mainstream doesn't want to see it. The, yeah. the American worker doesn't want to see it. But Wall Street wants to see more job losses. No, absolutely. Uh, it's interesting, and, and you were mentioning the oil story. I think that is fascinating at the moment. And um, Dan Jurgen is someone we always listen to. Yeah, and he thinks it's <coughs> going to go up as and, well. And he thinks the oil volatility <coughs> definitely bleeds into 2023, even though we may have had a little bit of respite here. I think he still thinks it's $100 a barrel plus uh, at some point next year, which is going to be painful. My, my, my issue is, if mm. everyone is telling you one thing, and, and again, these are brilliant people. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it that most people, and I've you know, spent so long, as you have you, mm. chatting mm. to these people. Mm. I really love listening to Dan Jurgen. He seems to get better with age, like a fine claret. Mm. But the market is telling you one thing. The analysts and the experts are telling me another thing. And I kind of believe the market more. Mm. Because... Well, who's the marginal buyer? Presumably all these people, and I don't mean Dan, but I mean mm. all these houses are recommending their clients to go long oil, yeah? Mm. Or the hedge funds, mm. maybe. The hedge funds have got oil. The houses' clients have got oil as well. So who's the marginal buyer if it's not coming from 
the consumers who are saying, actually, we're not using as much. We're doing more conservation, more mm. diversification into renewables, uh, and actually, we are worried about our economy contracting, which some of these economies apparently are already in recession, according yeah. to some people in the, the UK as well. So, so where's the marginal buyer going to come from? Yeah, uh, well, everybody's got the same story penciled in, don't They've they? Got the China story recovers in. strongly, demand picks up from China. And there are limitations on see. supply available. Um, let's um, just run you through some of the other views on the market that we've been canvassing. Appaloosa management founder David Tepper told our colleagues in the US he remains bearish on the stock market as global central banks continue tightening. I would probably say I'm leaning short on the equity markets. You know, so right now, because I think they're, you know, I think the upside downside just doesn't make sense to me when I have so many people telling me, so many central banks telling me what they're going to do, what they want to do, what they expect to do. David Tapper there. Well, just as we were talking about China, we've had some comments from the foreign ministry that relate to the ongoing response to COVID. Uh, the foreign ministry says on um, US uh, Blinken uh, saying China hasn't asked us for vaccines. Uh, domestic production of medical supplies is expanding and generally sufficient. Um, the foreign ministry uh, says prevention of the epidemic in China is predictable and manageable. I'm afraid if, if you, like me, have been watching a lot of the videos emerging from hospital morgues, from fever clinics and other places of treatment in China, then you'll be quite shocked thinking that the country had three years to prepare for moving away from zero COVID. And at the moment, they do seem to be struggling in some areas uh, dealing with this spike in cases, particularly uh, with the elderly here. Um, the other issue, I think, at this stage is um, the relationship between China and the United States, because clearly China does need very effective vaccines. But given the hostile approach uh, from China towards the United States at a diplomatic level at the moment, how do they, how do they lose face and ask for vaccine support at this stage? Uh, we will have to wait and watch what happens on this story, but, but the pictures at the moment do look pretty, pretty awful. Um, Tesla shares fell nearly 9% on Thursday as the EV maker began offering discounts on some of its vehicles amid growing demand concerns. Can Accord Genuity reducing its target price for Tesla after the bell to $275, saying that while some of Tesla's issues are related to Elon Musk's Twitter drama, much of it is not. Shares rose slightly in after-hours trade after Musk said he will not sell any more Tesla stock for at least two years. Speaking on Twitter, Spaces chat. Musk said he would only launch a share buyback once he's able to quote properly calibrate the scale of the recession. What, what, what use is downgrade? I mean, what we thought it was worth X. Now we think it's worth over double what the current share price is trading, but we're still with it. Kind of mean, it's like. Well, it's just kind of like it's pie in the sky at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I try and be positive about it, I think what they're trying to do is point to the profit margin and say these cars are made and sold at a reasonable margin. Right. So there is an underlying business right. here. So it's just va is, is... valuing that business, right? Oh, right. Sorry, I'm going mad. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's what they're trying to say. So yeah. let me get this right. So well, the, I'm not sure that's what they're trying to the say. The OEMs which are trading on three to seven times forward 
are not worth it. But 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 Tesla, which is trading on about thirty plus times forward, forty times backwards mm. as well, is worth that mm. kind of valuation, which is pretty much the same level as the Nasdaq was trading at the moment that it went boom uh, and collapsed in 2000-2001. Yeah, you nailed it, I think. Um, Has it been a difficult year for well, the tech industry? Well, I mean, look, you can, you can wade in and you can make a case for Tesla is different from the other OEMs. What, different from history, yeah? <clears throat> the battery technology, Great. the China exposure, Great. and so on and so forth. Great. But is it worth 40 times well, uh, backward-looking PE? The market will tell us. The market, market is telling us, isn't it? <laughs> it's been. The it's market, been a, it's I think the market been a, just told us, didn't it? Was it down? Was it down sixty-four percent years? I think the market's told us, isn't it? It is telling us something. Uh, it's been a difficult year for the tech industry, from widespread layoffs to a deteriorating macroeconomic outlook. But according to our next guest, there will be bright spots in the space in 2023, with ESG, artificial intelligence, and cybersecurity all set to be major themes. Uh, Cyrus uh, Moawala is uh, head of thematic intelligence at Global. Data. Cyrus, good to have you back with us on the programme. I just want to park the Tesla chat for a moment here and just pick up on some of those themes. We, we had a great conversation uh, yesterday about the underperformance of ESG uh, collective investment vehicles and how, because many of them are heavy on IT and technology-related positions, they are underwater for the year. Um, does that change into 2023? I think we all recognize the significant investment that's going into that sector, but finding the right vehicle to play it does seem to be challenging. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for calling me on, Jeff. I think on ESG, there's, there's, a, there's a real shift in, in patterns happening. Businesses and consumers are losing interest in ESG uh, as they focus on other things like war, inflation, higher interest rates, uh, protectionism, and an energy crisis. But government scrutiny uh, in 2023 of ESG, we think, will rise. So we think there'll be more government scrutiny of greenwashing and regulation around ESG disclosure. Uh, businesses will become uh, accountable in some jurisdictions for their scope three uh, emissions, which, of course, are the big emissions, but are difficult to calculate because they're across the entire uh, supply chain. Uh, there'll be pressure uh, on social media platforms to, uh, to act on misinformation on climate change. Uh, so businesses are declining in a recent survey that, that we looked at, you know, when we asked business executives all over the world, what's the big themes that will impact your business in 2023? Only 11% said ESG, 24% um, digital said digital transformation, and 22% surprisingly said trade disputes like the US-China uh, trade war. Cyrus, you've, yeah, let's come back then to Tesla, um, because you do have it as one of the key themes that we do see continued expansion in EV sales even as I think we've seen a lot of government support and subsidies begin to fall away. Why do you think we get a strong continued pickup in EV sales in the US and in China, given that the cost of electricity is also very high right now? Absolutely. The cost of electricity is high, but we have a massive spending program uh, in the US uh, from President Biden's administration that, uh, that subsidizes electric vehicles. And of course, China electric vehicles and batteries, that's one of the leading technologies that it wants to dominate. So I think both on the Chinese side and the US side, we're going to see a rise. Our, our analysts uh, at Global Data, they forecast US EV sales to increase by 60% in 20, uh, 2023. Uh, and, and globally, changes in government regulation uh, will mean a 35% increase in EV sales 
globally from 8 million in 2022 to almost 11 million in 2023. Uh, and Tesla, of course, is a market leader, although uh, the Chinese players are catching up fast. And I think Tesla will struggle in the Chinese market, although it'll be dominant uh, in all m- other markets outside there. Cyrus, my old friend, uh, good to see you. I didn't know I was going to get one more stab at you this year. But look, um, I have a question and it is an eternal question. And I and I love your thematics. And, you know, I absolutely adore speaking to you about uh, all these amazing technologies. that I always learn something. My problem is the viewer's problem, and that is despite the fact that I I thoroughly believe that most of these technologies will become part of our life in days and years and weeks going forward as well. I don't know that my viewers, our viewers, can make money out of a lot of these as well. Where are the biggest blind alleys you would see that have, have, have occurred in 2022 and will happen in 2023 where the technology is arriving, but it's just a real struggle to make profitability out of it? And one of the great examples for me for that is 5G yet again. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I, I think 5G is such a, a, a misconstrued sentence in the sense that everybody means something different from it. I, I think if you look at the applications of 5G, the metaverse is a big one. But in 2023, I think we're going to have a metaverse winter. I think investment, VC investment in the metaverse is going to fall uh, both from investors and from big companies like uh, uh, like like Meta. Although long term, by 2025, we see the metaverse as a big market. In 2023, uh, we see uh, we see problems. In fact, the big winners we think in 2023 from that kind of theme are going to be the gaming companies. You know, Epic Games, Roblox, and and Microsoft if the Activision uh, uh, takeover goes through. So, the, the flip side of that question, and you've you've talked a little bit about the gaming side of things, but but. All these, I mean, I've got a list of 25 themes from you here, major technologies. If, if our viewers, let, we, all, we take as granted, our viewers like a lot of this technology. A lot of them don't, but I'm going to say that they do. If there is one area where you think our viewers can make money out of technology, not just appreciate the technology, but make money out of it going forward, maybe for a multi-year holding, where is it, Cyrus? Uh, well, I, I think I think a lot's going on, and I think companies will spend a lot on digital transformation. If you look at the global tech industry, this is what I would say. I think I think there's big opportunities in big tech. I think Amazon's likely to make a comeback. Its decline uh, is overdone, especially in in the cloud area. Uh, today, we heard from uh, Labutin, you know, a counterfeit goods case against Amazon. That wasn't very good. But I think over 2023, uh, you'll see a comeback. I think Microsoft is also strongly positioned for dig- all dig- the whole digital transformation theme. And that includes the whole uh, of tech, whether it's cloud, AI, cybersecurity, augmented reality, that kind of thing. I think within big tech, Alphabet and Meta are still at risk of an advertising decline because many markets like the UK and Europe will probably be in recession next year. I think Apple, of all of big tech, faces the biggest geopolitical risk with 20% of sales coming from China and a large part of its supply chain in China being diversified to India uh, and other places. That's US tech. In China tech, I think stocks like Alibaba, Baidu and Tencent are simply too risky uh, for overseas investors because of the lack of transparency of uh, government policy towards the private tech sector in China. Uh, However, I think the Chinese EV market, electric vehicles uh, market, will do quite well generally. Um, In terms of uh, overall investment, I think, you know, I would stay away from technology companies who are not not uh, not profitable yet you know even if they're market leaders in their field like uber or, or whatever 
I think a lot of investment will go into quantum and cybersecurity. So both of those areas, I think, are good investments. Uh, and I think the chip sector, uh, whilst it's done really well in, in the past, I think they will suffer a lot uh, from US export control. So 2023 may not be a good year for them. Right. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Uh, it was very interesting as ever. Look, um, we love chatting to you. We'll chat to you early in 2023 as well, if we may. But in the meantime, have a wonderful uh, uh, festive period, Cyrus, and uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Thank you very much indeed, sir. Cyrus Mewawala, who is the head of thematic intelligence at Global Data. Right. Coming up on to, if you needed to get some bail together, if you needed right. to do something naughty. <coughs> OK. I don't know what you do that naughty need a load of bail. How much could you put together with you and the family? Wouldn't be much. No, wouldn't be much. Two hundred fifty million dollars. I think I'd be I'd, I'd be learning to like prison food. Yeah, just point. a good book. Yeah. A good book. Yeah, <laughs> we exactly. talked about this before. I can't see my family stumping up the money anyway. They'd, <laughs> they'd rather I was inside. I think. To be honest. That is a hell of a revelation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Season of goodwill and all that. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, right. it, uh, isn't it January 1st, the divorce lawyer phones? Uh, uh, I believe it's January the... 2nd, because oh, January okay. 1st they're not taking the calls. Right. But yeah, I know for a fact from mm. a very uh, well-known, so well, well-placed well, well, well -placed source that yes, the phones ring off in the first week of January. Absolutely. Uh, there you go, more revelations. Coming up on the show, Sam <laughs> Bankman-Fried is set to be freed on bail. Uh, get it? Uh, with a huge bail. Uh, and we'll live with his parents. I'm sure he's happy as long as he can play league. Right. Anyway, we'll have more after the break. We've been talking this morning about the chill that is setting in in some parts of the United States. Kansas City <clears throat> did see some um, uh, lights going out overnight, I think, as uh, heavy snow and chill winds um, hit the town. Uh, it does look like they've got lights in this particular shot, but we will leave you with these live pictures from Kansas City. And we'll be right back, everybody. Ambition to me is about doing better. I think ambition creates a pathway. The best advice I can give someone starting off a career is don't have a career, have lots of careers, try loads of different things. Talk to people and put your ambition out there. I don't feel that I've hit peak ambition because it's a learning journey. CNBC is where ambition meets opportunity. What does living ambitiously mean to you? Hear it from our CNBC anchors, reporters and global business leaders on CNBC.com. We used to have a lot of chats with Alexander Novak, didn't we? Yes, we did. He's energy minister, and of course he's deputy prime minister now. And mm. Do you know what? He was always hard to get uh, an interesting line out, I'd have to say. He was Difficult very, to make smile as well. We, ne we never did, did we? No. But, but, but I, I always had a lot of appreciation from that. Now he's just another person supporting a, a corrupt, um, autocratic dictatorship, mm. which is waging war on the European continent. So I, I, it's anyway, you know, he's a minister mm. and you have to deal with these people and that. So... Well, as he said, um, there's loads of stuff. God, anything interesting? Uh, well, we expect to supply a lot of goods via the Northern Sea Route this year. Global oil export market stands at 22%, gas 20%. It would be hard to provide economic development in the world without Russian energy. You're absolutely right, but a lot of countries are trying now. Planning to reach LNG production of 60 million um, T per year in the next three to four years. Actively diversifying LNG support, uh, supplies. Too early to talk about the results of the investigation to Nord Stream accidents. We see shortages of gas resources on global markets. Anything else you found interesting? Uh, no, not particularly. I mean, I think the message continues to be that, that um, you've got to accept that Russia is a 
a full part of the global economy. And um, it's, it's just the same messaging, as you point out, that we've had from Medvedev and others from the Russian government who, um, quite frankly, are just waging the same kind of verbal and propaganda war um, through these kind of means that they are waging against the Ukrainians through military means. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's all part of one story. I wouldn't put Novak in the same bracket as Medvedev, though. I mean, some of the stuff that Medvedev's <clears throat> come out with is like, yeah, we're you know, pretty Absolutely. much nuclear saber-rattling. I haven't yeah. heard, to be fair to Novak, I haven't heard any of that kind of stuff from him. But, yeah, yeah. as you say, same old, same old. Uh, let's move on. Uh, don't listen to what they have to say on their propaganda machine. Um, moving on. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried has been released on a not insubstantial $250 million bet. Makes you wonder where these unnamed friends and his family got that money from, doesn't it? Anyway, while he awaits trial for eight federal criminal charges related to alleged, alleged, he's not been proved guilty yet, fraud at his collapsed crypto empire. According to the ruling, the former crypto billionaire will be required to wear an electronic monitoring bracelet, be restricted from travel and have to submit to mental health counselling. Bankman Freed secured the bonds from equity in his family home. Again, what kind of family home is worth $250 million? Not even Harry and Meghan have got a place like that. Well, uh, plus I mean, signatures of his parents and two other individuals. Well, his parents are both um, professors at Stanford, right? Right. So, so and he's professors supposed Stanford to be don't broke. earn $250 million. Right. And he's supposed to be broke. Right. Big questions. I'm sure um, our friends at the Times and the Post and elsewhere will do some work. Well, on it this. makes you wonder whether, when the judge set that bail, whether they actually thought he wouldn't be able to make it. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market-moving news, you can head to cnbc.com. Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show Weekdays on CNBC.